hot talent lava. 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 Hot, 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 hot talent lava. It's a volcano of hot talent lava. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing this Hosmer-filled night? I'm thinking about some hot talent lava because it's pretty cold. In my neck hot talent West. lava. Yeah, exactly. That's lava. that's that is that is the that is the catchphrase. That is the phrase that I think uh, Padres Twitterverse is just going to go and, and run with. I'm, I'm waiting for the T-shirts to come out. Uh, actually, one of our listeners already already pitched me an idea for a T-shirt uh, for a Tatis T-shirt with the. Uh, volcano and hot talent lava coming out so uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure someone will, will pick that up uh and, and we have the opportunity to buy that uh in a nice brown and yellow pretty soon probably right sign me up okay well uh i know we're probably last in the eric cosmer uh news but eric cosmer is a san diego padre he is signed for eight years 144 million dollars uh essentially the contract is for a five million dollar signing bonus and five years at a hundred million, uh, with an opt out after that, and then he'll have uh, three years remaining at thirty nine million. Um, you know, I understand. I was highly critical of this whole situation, uh, and, and to be quite frank, I'm, I'm still a little little wary of the contract and and how it could be cumbersome down the line. I'm excited for for this opportunity, though. I'm excited to have him on the team. Uh, I'm excited for what he can bring to this team. I'm excited for what he says and what he has said so far. Uh, Patrick, give me your your thoughts before I keep rambling on about uh, Mr. Hosmer. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I was just about as anti-Hosmer as anybody, but um, I, I will defend myself a bit that I did say if the contract was 500, that's kind of the max I would give him. And at this point, that's pretty much what it looks like. I mean, yeah, yeah. you think about... Um, I know people want to say, well, really, it's a, you know, it is an eight-year contract because, I mean, there is a chance he could opt in, but even if he does opt in, I mean, three years and $39 million, that's not going to cripple you, even if you're the Padres, and when he's, what, he's going to be, I think, 32 at that point, 33, mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, I mean, unless he craters completely, which we obviously don't want for other reasons, um, I, I don't see a world where he wouldn't be able to get that on the open market a three-year time, or even a shorter deal with uh, more money. So, I mean, for me, I I don't see it as a huge deal. I mean, either he stays and it's a small cost to pay. I mean, that's what you're paying Chase Headley this year, pretty much $13 Exactly. And in five years from now, the market's going to be a little fairer. And, you know, $13 for him in in five years from now is is certainly fair. So, but I, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how he hits right and how he performs yeah i mean either way like i said if he if he's hitting well and he opts out fine whatever that's not a big deal i mean and if he's not hitting well and he stays around i mean it's not going to cripple you to have him under contract for a few years and i mean at worst you can eat the money i mean they've eat, they've eaten money before um i know they're not a team that can eat money like the dodgers or the yankees or that kind of that kind of team but i mean you can eat 40 million dollars if you need to or even half of that if you want to trade him to another team so i don't yeah i don't see it being crippling to the franchise i mean um, I think the bigger thing is he's going to be paid twenty million in the next five years, and I, I don't know. I'm I'm still wary about whether this front office wants to really spend money. I mean, people say yeah, they're spending money. They're obviously 
intent on spending money. I mean, they've spent money on free agents. Now with Hosmer, they spent on the international market, they spent almost $100 million or over $100 million. Um, what was that? year and a half ago so yeah yeah they're they're obviously interested in spending money in that regard but i just don't know i'm still wary of if this team can really run a 150 million dollar payroll and at this point if they're going to stick around 100 then you're kind of already maxed out with myers and hosmer and i mean once you start getting arbitration raises for guys like margot and you got to start thinking about extensions eventually for some of these guys yep. in the next three yep. or four years. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. It, that's the, I think that's my biggest concern now. I mean, I'm, I'm not calling the front office cheap, or I should say the ownership no, cheap by no, any standard, yeah. but I, I just don't know if I'm comfortable with with them spending that much money. Like I don't know if it's going to happen. So I'm gonna, I'm, no, kind of, I'm kind of patiently waiting and seeing on that front. Yeah, you make you make a fair point. I mean, with what they have committed to Myers and Hosmer. We're pretty much looking at the meat of the lineup for the next three to five years, unless AJ Preller gets itchy and, and deals Myers or or something in that regard. But it's tough when thirty, forty percent of your your annual salary or your whole salary for the ball club is tied up to two players. It, it can be tough to work around that. Um, obviously, the team's been very creative in bringing in a lot of young talent, international talent, and, and picking up players like Brad Hand off of the waiver wire. AJ Preller excels in picking up players that are undervalued and, and turning them into something that has value. So we'll have to wait and see if he's able to do that. Uh, you know, I, I'm eating a little crow here. I guaranteed that he wouldn't sign. <laughs> Obviously, that gar- that guarantee was made in November, so it's pretty silly to try to hold me to that because if you listen to our show slowly you and i started to progress towards the reality that this is not smoke and mirrors this is not just the padres uh putting up a show and trying to act like they're trying to spend money they were really interested in him and they obviously wanted him so uh, it's it's just the whole i'm still i'm still am weary i really am but i'm excited for the future I'm excited to have Eric Hosmer in the locker room. I'm excited to have that left-handed presence in, in the middle of the lineup. Uh, it really flips things around. Um, it's you know, it's a good time to be a Padre fan, wouldn't you say, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because, I mean, people might give me a hard time for this, but as much as I was kind of not on board with signing Hosmer, I mean, it is a good feeling to see this team finally do yes, something. I mean, it, I don't necessarily is. agree it that it's the right something, but... At this point, it's kind of nice to see like them actually put in this effort, and I mean, they're clearly like yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, they're it is clearly exciting. like interested in, in putting a winner on the field. So at this point, I mean, I can't help but be happy. I mean, I did tweet like four days ago. I think it was what was that Friday? I tweeted that I've resigned myself to the fact that Potters are going to sign Hosmer. So I mean, I, I, yeah. at that point, I kind of realized that I think it was going to happen. I mean, early in the off season, I thought it was more smoke and mirrors, but. I think a lot of people thought it was smoke and mirrors when it first happened. I mean, you didn't really buy when you first heard the rumors. I think most people were kind of like, "Oh, okay, whatever." You know, that's not going to happen. Like, there's going to be some yeah, other team that's because Boris was still and... asking for two hundred million at the time, right? Yeah, so, I, I mean, mean, he was still. <laughs> I think we all thought the Red Sox would sweep in and sign him for two hundred million or whoever else. You know, whatever exactly. other big market exactly. team. But as the offseason kind of progressed, I mean, it, it seemed more and more likely that this was the outcome, especially when there's no other suitors that jumped out. Um, the Royals, like no offense to the Royals, but they're not really a great suitor in terms of like where their organization is uh, talent-wise. So it really didn't make sense for him to go anywhere else. So I mean, it was kind of a a one a one team sort of race there at the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's talk about JD Martinez, who signed uh, was that today or yesterday with Boston, uh, five years, one hundred ten million, which is essentially 
five more million than what the Padres are going to have to commit to Hosmer in five years. Um, I heard, or I've seen some some talk on Twitter that the Padres should have gone after J.D. Martinez. He's a way better ball player. The, his war, the numbers he puts up. I mean, he had 40-something home runs last year, blah, blah, blah. Um, give me your thoughts on that. I, I, you know, I, I see where people are coming from, but I just don't think that Martinez it was the right fit for this team. And, and, you know, Hosmer wasn't all about numbers and analytics. It's about the fit and, and the fact that he is the perfect player to help mentor these young players that are up and coming. Yeah, man, war is stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Well, uh, I mean, let's... Martinez is... Martinez is going to put up more war than than Hosmer in the next five years. I mean, he should if he's if he's healthy. But that's another big if too. You have to consider. Um, when, I, when I don't know if I would. I don't know time. if I would count on that. I mean, he's thirty years old. He's only played one hundred and twenty games the last two years. I mean, he's only played one hundred and twenty exactly. games the last exactly. like three or four. So, I actually yeah. don't. If I had a bet between those two, I would actually say Hosmer might get more war because I think Martinez kind of has a little collapse. I mean, he's a good hitter. But he doesn't play any defense, mm-hmm. so I mean, if he goes full DH, I think maybe he can get enough WAR simply in his offensive profile because he's not losing value on the defense. Negative. But uh-huh. I don't know. I think it'd be closer than we think. Um, I guess between the two, I'd rather have Hosmer simply because he's younger. I think he's. I'm going to sit here and talk about leadership, but uh, I think he's a good dude, like a good clubhouse guy. Um, I don't know nothing about Martinez. Come on, Patrick. Let's talk about leadership. Yeah, I let's mean, talk about the intangibles, the intangibles of the game. You know, um, <laughs> and I'm not going to knock that because I don't. It's not something you can measure. I don't know. Shit, like, there's really no way of knowing if that's real or not. So there's really no point in like. Uh-huh. There's no point in. I guess I don't really see a point in putting too much value in it because it can't be measured. But I also don't think that you can really say like for sure that it's not a thing. So I don't know. But I'd rather have Hosmer. Uh, I don't think like where was Martinez going to play? Like was he going to play first? Was he going to play right? Yeah. I mean it, he's a terrible. Defender. We'll stick him in left and like, stick Hunter Renfro and Matt Kemp together, and you have JD Martinez. So I don't yeah, know. It's exactly. pretty bad. But yeah, no. he signed for a lot of money I just, and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just I just threw that out there because I thought it was pretty silly that some fans were actually saying that the Padres should have gone after Martinez. But I mean, this is Twitter we're talking about. This is the world that we're talking about. People have different opinions, obviously, and they have no problem expressing them uh, on Twitter. Uh, let's talk about Ron Fowler uh, and his propensity to just lay into the fans and lay into the team and just basically say whatever is on his mind. Uh, what did Mr. Fowler say today, Patrick? Do I have to be nice to Ron Fowler? Like, if I ever want to, like, you know, yeah, get in nice with the I, I mean, do I have to be nice? I don't... I, I, you're allowed to express your opinion. I, would, I, I, I don't think he deserves he would, it anymore. He wouldn't like that. I mean, <laughs> he's just consistently, like, put his, put his whole foot in his mouth, and I'm just kind of over it. I mean, mm. as an owner, I don't... I, I mean... Well, I know. Give, give me the quote. Give, give us the quote yeah, today so on Myers. That he, today that he, he, he was talking about Eric Hosmer like being the face of the franchise, and this is what he said according to uh, Jerry Krasnick of ESPN. Um, so, quote, we're hoping Eric is that guy. Myers has a lot of qualities, but he frankly does not want to be the leader in the clubhouse. That's just not in his DNA. If there was a player who was more positive about us going after Eric than Myers, I don't know who it would be. Fowler continued, quote, Eric will protect him in the lineup, first of all, and he'll take more of a leadership position, which is more natural for him in the clubhouse than it was for Myers. So, at the same time you are praising your newest free agent signing, <laughs> you are completely <laughs> trashing your and... most recent big contract signing. So I just, 
I don't see the value yeah. in trashing your the guy that was. Okay, let, let me let me let me play devil devil's advocate for you. Let me play. I I agree with what he's saying. I see where he's coming from. Perhaps he shouldn't have said it twice. But what's the point of saying <laughs> Perhaps it in public? Why say it in public? What well, purpose does that serve? I mean, this is how I look at it. I, I think Myers probably looked at that com- that comment or heard that comment and laughed about it because he, he probably feels that way. He probably doesn't want to be the, the leader. He doesn't want to have the responsibility of calling out young players for not hustling. He, he wants to just go out and play the game. And, and that's that's understandable, but I do understand where you're coming from and the fact that certain things shouldn't be brought into the national media and shouldn't be brought into the fans' attention, I mean, uh, especially from an owner. I think it's more about not only fan perception of, of what goes on in the team, but also um, why why is any player going to want to sign here? I mean, I know Hosmer just signed here, but <laughs> you look at how Fowler trashed James Shields a few years back, and he literally said to have a star like Shields perform as poorly as he did yesterday is an embarrassment to the team and an embarrassment to him. Like, what purpose well, does it serve to tr- to openly trash your players on the media airwaves? And why is any yeah. player going to want to sign a contract with you? I know Hosmer just signed a contract, which makes my argument maybe a little a bit thin, but why is anyone going to sign a contract to play here if your owner is an asshole, well, to be quite some frank? People, <laughs> some people appreciate his him and... and the fact that he's honest and the fact that he's passionate and they like that in an owner because they want accountability. Some certain players want to be accountable for their action. They want to be held accountable. So, and Ron Fowler is all about that. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and get too harsh on, on what he's saying, but he's a passionate man. And, and I, I'd rather have an owner that's going out and, and is, is wants to spend the money, demands the best, than to have someone who's just complacent sitting back and just writing checks and not even caring. So, you know, I, I guess I can spin anything in a positive level because level, that's just who I am. I know. He just sounds like a crotchety old man to me that needs to go away. <laughs> but maybe I'm not well, being nice. You know, I, I think that Padre fans look forward to him and and him tearing apart the team. Certain fans do like that, and certain fans do... Uh, want their owner to display that type of passion about their about the Padres, and, and you know it, it is what it is. Uh, Ron Fowler is definitely one who has no problem saying what's on his mind, right? Um, speaking of which, Scott Boris gave us the volcano of hot talent lava comment today, which I mean, wow, that was <laughs> that's I mean, just. Uh, I don't want to say that Scott Boris was like. Drunk at what was Boris even doing was on? He... What was Boris even doing on the, in the, yeah, I don't in the know. stage? Is that, I don't think that's a really standard operating procedure. So, uh, I mean, oh, I, I, I got s- it. I got it. I, I got it right now. I'm breaking news right now. The Padres are are breaking grounds. Are are making friendship with Scott Boris because they're prepared to sign Bryce Harper next offseason. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, I was I was actually going to say that all of his. All of the Padres' prospects are like, aren't they all Boris clients? I know Tatis is a Boris, Boris client. It, so. Boris, is, Boris is, a, is, a, is a very, very smart man. I'm sure he is already trolling all the Padres minor leagues and giving about business cards to all these young players and and uh, is well aware of the, the potential on a lot of these young kids. Um, I don't know who he has signed already, uh, if any of Tatis, these. but I thought there was a few other Does ones. he have Tatis already? I thought he did. Wow. Maybe I'm mistaken, wow. but I thought he, I thought he was already... Well, he's got little, like he's got I say, he's a business business savvy guy. He uh, he knows where the money is, and he, he can smell it. Uh, that's um, for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, so with this addition of Eric Hosmer, Will Myers is apparently going to be moving to not left field, right field, 
according to Andy Green at, at the moment, um, which gives the Padres a pretty crowded outfield. Uh, let's talk about some Hunter Renfro talk. Uh, recently, he it came out from John Morosi that the Padres were being uh, being a, approached by different teams in, in regards to Hunter Renfro engaging the availability of him. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about Renfro. What, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, I know at 26, it's it's a little difficult to kind of give up on him, but you know. Quite frankly, I, I had a conversation with someone off the record uh, in, in the Padres system, well, pretty well off in the Padres system, and, and they were pretty disappointed with his failure to adjust. Uh, his demotion, demotion last year was a wake-up call. He, although he did adjust in, uh, in El Paso, there's still some concerns with this franchise about the fact that he is not adjusting and this team is emphasizing on base percentage. I've heard it from the horse's mouth. They want to get players to get on base. They want action on, on the bases. They want players that are not going to strike out, that are going to put the ball in play, and that are going to get on base at a regular basis. So give me your thoughts on Renfro, and do you, if you think the Padres are really shopping him at this point? Um, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's important to clarify that there's really no – there's no report that they are even shopping him. I mean, the only, the only thing the report said was that there's other teams calling. So I mean, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't know that they're actually like actively shopping him. But I mean, if if a team offers you something and you can't say no, I mean, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. I mean, I, I I wouldn't give away Renfro for a bag of balls, like you know. No, no, no. But no. I mean, if the price is right and you can get value for him, considering how much of an outfield surplus they have right now, I mean, I, I would do it if you can fill a position of need. Um, so, I mean, that's just where I'm at. I, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't at least consider it. Um, mm-hmm. As for well, him... L- l- well, riddle me this. If Hunter Renfro has another down year, you know, I don't care if he hits 25 home runs. If his on-base percentage is, is well below 300, it's just not productive. So if he has a repeat of that, obviously his value is going to go down even more. So if you're the Padres, do you... Do you think that this is the last chance we have to get decent value on him? And, I, and I'll add that this is not an A.J. Preller draftee. This is someone who was not picked up in the A.J. Preller, Logan White regime. So, you know, I don't know. I, again, like you say, I don't think they're shopping him. I don't necessarily think they want to move him. But if teams are interested and if they can restructure their team in, in a way that's beneficial for the long term, then I think that they'll, they'll definitely do it. Yeah, I mean... I just, I just don't think he's that good, and I don't mean to be like rude, but <laughs> he just hasn't shown me at any level really that he's capable of being a major league hitter. And I know, like, oh, dingers, you know, but I just, I don't really care about home runs. Like, at this point in my life, watching baseball, I mean, we've come to a point where it really doesn't matter how many home runs you hit if you do nothing no. else of value. Yeah. And yeah, because I mean, if you hit 25 home runs and 15 of them are solo shots in the ninth inning when we're down eight runs, then what's what's the point, right? And I know people want to laugh at war and think war's stupid, but if you're providing no defensive value and no base running value and, and really no yes. nothing except for home runs, that just doesn't really fly anymore. And nope. I was actually at my parents' house today, and my dad like talked to me about um, – he mentioned, like, oh, they signed Hosmer – and uh, he's like, what, what about this whole Renfro thing? Like, what do you think they're going to do with Renfro? And I was like, Renfro kind of sucks, honestly. I mean, 
all he does is hit home runs. So, like, and my dad's like, oh, he's got a great throwing arm. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, but if you watch the highlights, how many of his throws are actually where they're supposed to be? Yeah, <laughs> always there's... talk about his arm, and it's like, if you watch him play, I mean, his arm is not, like, it's, it's a good arm, but he, he's almost never accurate. So it's like, his defensive it, it, value he... is, is so poor. I know people don't really like to look too much into defensive value because the stats are so kind of hit or miss, but you got to look at him. You got to look at it sometime and be like, something's wrong here. I mean, he's not, yeah, especially not, at his age, because it's yeah. not going to age. It's not going to progress in, and it's not going to get better. Right. I mean, conceivably I mean, it could get slightly better because defensive metrics are kind of hit or miss. I mean, he couldn't improve, yeah. but it's like, I just don't see him being a plus defender. And if, if he's even an average defender with nothing but home runs, that's not a productive major leaguer. I mean, that's a, that's a platoon player at best. So, he can't hit right-handed pitching to save his life. And people are like, oh, he can hit left-handed pitching. I'm like, well, how often do you face left-handers? I mean, he can yeah, play like yeah. once a week. That's great. I mean, is that someone you want to keep on your team? Or is that someone you want to trade and hopefully get a better asset back? I mean, I know people are like, oh, but what about Anthony Rizzo? Yeah. That, that's, that's, I think that's a whole other discussion because, I mean, I think Anthony Rizzo was a completely different case as a, as a prospect. And yeah, a, and Rizzo, a was player 20, 20, Rizzo was 21, 22 when he was with the Padres. I mean, there's a huge difference, and he already had a, a a good plate discipline. He already showed that he had a propensity to walk. So. Yeah, so I think that comparison's pretty asinine. I mean, it's just one of those yeah, it is. Pottery it fans is. want to kind of freak but, out about but stuff, and I don't. At blame the same them, time, but... I understand. I understand where Padre fun and this fear, this chicken little disease that 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 plagues us all because we are all afraid of the worst because we've all seen the worst. We've we, players that we've traded away. I mean, Corey Kluble, I mean, there's, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it, it blows my mind how many players have performed when they've been out of a Padre uniform, but it is what it is. And, and I understand that they're going to have that fear, but there's going to be a time where this team is going to have to move players. They're going to have to move prospects and, and we're going to have to trust the, the system that's in place and, and the, the people that, pull the strings to make the right decision so it's tough hunter renfro is definitely an intriguing intriguing player uh i mentioned that i talked to someone earlier this this uh season or this month last month uh, about him in particular someone in the in the Padres system and they indicated this is a big year for him he needs to make the adjustments he needs to show that he can make the adjustments because at this point there's someone else waiting to take your job and and Moving to another team or moving uh, across leagues isn't going to necessarily fix a, a, an issue if you're not willing to address it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of funny because I think, I think this is a big year for like half of the team. So. Yeah, it is. It is. Spangenberg and, and Renfro are two that I point to in particular. That really, this is their year. They need to establish something. And I, I mean, I would I, say you I, could I, throw you could throw Myers in there. You could sw- throw a Swap yeah. in there. You could throw Perella in there. You could throw Hedges in there. I mean. There's about yeah, six no. or seven guys that I think this is like a make or break year. Like, are you going to be an actual, like a regular player or are you going to be a bench guy or a guy who's no longer on the team at all? So, yeah, no, I, I hear you. There's, this is going to be an interesting year for this team and we'll have to, we'll have to see how they respond to adversity because they're definitely going to face it at some point uh, this season. Um, okay. So moving on, uh, Rocky Gale was DFA'd for Eric Cosmer. I think, and I don't want to be harsh on Rocky Gale because I understand he's been in the system a long time. He's well-regarded and well-respected, but it seems like his 40-man roster spot was just saved there for Eric Hosmer because we mm-hmm. saw a number of players get get DFA'd and, and released and, and moved, and yet he was still there. And, you know, I, I really seriously doubt anyone will 
will will pick him up. So I think the Padres will have a chance to be able to stash him uh, in the minors again. But I guess we'll have to wait a couple of days or, or a week to find out. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be mean because I, I actually like Rocky Gale and what he does for the Padres minor league system. Yeah, like, you, you, very, I respect you. Yeah. He's a very important guy, I think, behind the plate. He's He's got a lot of yes. value in the minor leagues. But, I mean, he's, he's never going to be a big league catcher. He's just – he's not good enough. I mean, his bat is just not near good enough. I mean – He's going to be a triple A AAA catcher until he decides to retire. And I mean, that's just how it goes for some guys. And I mean, I feel for the guy. I'm glad he got to his big league call up. I'm glad he got his home run. Like he got his moment and I think he deserves that, but he's, he wasn't going to be the backup catcher this year. And I mean, no, he's, he's going to clear waivers. He's going to go back to triple A and I mean, he's going to keep playing baseball. And I honestly would not be surprised if this guy is a coach um, at some point in the Padres minor league system, whether that's, a manager, whether that's like a, you know a bench coach or a, a, a catching instructor, he's he's going to be a coach. I think he's I think he's going to be have a place in the system, whether that's um, on the field or or off of it. I, I think he, he yeah. deserved at least that much with how 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 much he's meant to uh, really the AAA. All these guys going through the the system, these pitchers. I think he's really meant a lot to uh, to the really the whole system. So. Uh, he's not going to be a big leaguer, but I think we can definitely give him credit for, for what he's done behind the plate. Definitely. So with him being DFA, that leaves AJ Ellis and Rafi Lopez uh, vying for the backup spot. Um, AJ Ellis is an interesting addition, uh, a veteran chemistry type guy. Uh, I, I don't want to say horrible with the bat, but he's not known as, as, a, as a bat first type of catcher. Uh, definitely long in tooth. Uh, Lopez is a journeyman, uh, left-handed hitter, correct? Is, is Lopez left-handed? I believe he is left-handed, right? Uh, I think so. I, I, I really don't I believe, know anything about him, but I'm pretty sure he's I, left-handed. I, I believe he is a left-handed hitter, which is a better compliment to um, Hedges. Uh, we'll have to see in game action how they respond. Uh, I could also see this team picking up a catcher down the line, maybe someone uh, further along in spring that didn't make a team that's, that's released. So we'll have to see. Uh, ideally, I think that this team would want a left-handed compliment, uh, left-handed batting compliment to Hedges, uh, someone with a little more offensive production. But then again, that's for a team that's trying to compete. I'm not necessarily sure if they're about competing or about cultivating talent. And if they're about cultivating talent, a- AJ Ellis is probably the man for that. Uh, yeah, I'd rather just have AJ Ellis be the catcher because he's a veteran. He's got. Loads of experience. He's he's very very good for uh, the pitching staff. Um, I'd rather him. I know I know he's like a defense first guy, and so is Hedges. But I, I really I really mm. don't care if the Padres backup catcher can hit because like really who cares? <laughs> like I don't know why <laughs> yeah. anyone would care. This team isn't competing. I mean, you're, he's going to play like once a week. I mean, do you really care if he strikes out four times? I don't. I mean, that spot in the lineup is already a black hole with Hedges. It's like, like no offense to Hedges, but it's not going to be pretty. So at this point, yeah, he... I don't care. Although this is another issue because now the roster is once again full and you don't have a catcher because none of these guys are on the roster. The only other guy on the 40-man exactly. is Luis Terenz, and I'm just not willing to go there right now. <laughs> yeah, no, he need, he needs more seasoning for sure. Um, yeah, let's he's talk... very bland. He needs a lot of seasoning. Very bland, very bland. Still very young though, but but and, and has some major league experience to, to count to, to hold himself to. But it, it, he's going to need seasoning for sure. Uh, let's move on to a piece that we ran today uh, by Ryan Davis, one of our writers, about bullpenning. Uh, 
a concept that was originally brought to us by Brian Kenny, the uh, stat guru. Um, give me your thoughts on that, Patrick. I know you're a statistic kind of guy, you're an analytical type of guy. Um, I was intrigued by Ryan's piece. Uh, I don't want to think. I don't want to say that that's the future necessarily right now, but I can definitely see. 10, 20, 30 years down the road where we're at a point where starters only go three, four innings and, and there's someone that piggy banks off of them and, and then bullpens finish out the game. That's just sadly how the game's progressed. And I say that sadly because I'm a baseball purist. I, I love starting pitchers to go out there and throw 120 pitches until their arm falls off. But the game has progressed and it's about analytics. It's about results. And obviously num- numbers sway towards offensive players the second, third time around when facing a pitcher. So give me your thoughts on, on the bullpenning concept. And uh, I don't know if you think that's something that's viable in, in the near future. Yeah, I actually uh, helped Ryan with the article a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously Ryan, Ryan's got a lot of potential as a writer. And uh, he, he came with me, he came to me with the idea. He had it all fleshed out already. He kind of had the whole thing already written. Um, yeah, I just helped him with, with little points here and there. But, yeah, overall it was, it was a great article. Um a concept I've kind of been, I think I've I've discussed it here and there with 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 people um, over the years. Um, I think it's a good idea simply because you do have so many pitchers that that see um, their kind of success fade as they get through the lineup. So I mean, I think Denelson Den- Den- Lamette is kind of a really good example because he's a guy that kind of doesn't really get through the lineup very well. Once he kind of turns over the lineup, he tends to struggle. Um, I think Luis Perdomo was probably the best example this last year. He had a 3.20 ERA first time through the lineup, a 5.38 ERA the second time through the lineup, and a ERA just shy of six the third time through the lineup. Wow! And wow. you see similar numbers with Jordan Lyles, Tyson Ross, Chris Young, mm-hmm. Clayton Richard. Just about every pitcher sees this. Um, just about every pitcher experiences this. So, with a team as young as the Padres, and there's so many pitchers coming off injury. I mean, you have half the staff is young. You have Perdomo. Lamette, um, Mitchell, guys that haven't really thrown full seasons worth of innings. Then you got guys like Chris Young, Tyson Ross, um, Robbie Erlin, Colin Ray, all guys coming off of very serious injuries or, in Chris Young's case, just kind of age and not having that kind of full workload. So I think it would make a lot of sense to have a six- or seven-man rotation and have guys piggybacking. So that what that means is that one guy would pitch basically three to four innings – like basically once through lineup or maybe one and a half times through. And then the next guy would mm-hmm. jump in as kind of like a long relief sort of guy. And that would get you through mm-hmm. ideally the whole game. But I mean, you can throw in like relievers here and there. And then you would repeat that process every few days with new, with a new crop of guy or every day with a new crop of guys. So mm-hmm. for example, you could have, I mean, Clayton Richard would probably be the one you could just throw out there to be his own starter, like to go the whole way. And then you could have like, I don't know, Perdomo and Tyson Ross, and you could have Chris Young and uh, Brian Mitchell, and then you could have uh, Denison Lamette and Colin Ray. I don't know. Some combination yeah. of that. So you have these They'll the complement each other. Yeah, you, have them, right? you limit their innings so there's less injury concern. You also limit the young guys so they don't have to throw as many innings. I mean, the problem, I think, is that you do want to have Perdomo and Lamette build up to, like, full seasons of workload. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think it does make sense to an extent with some of these guys because they aren't really – well, if, if a pitcher's been? only if if a pitcher's only going three innings, conceivably, couldn't they start every four days? I mean, that's the really the big thing is that that's possible, but you're talking about really switching a player's whole like routine around, which is that's mm-hmm, kind of the mm-hmm. main reason this has never been done is because pitchers don't like being out of their routine. Yeah, um, so that's yeah. Really, that's really the big issue I think at hand. Another thing is that 
uh, I know it's stupid, but players get paid for wins and for pitching a lot yes. of innings, and this is really yes. gonna this yeah. is really this is really kill pitcher value because yeah, I mean, and, and even their insane. analytical value, right? I mean, their their FIP, I mean, they're fielding everything's gonna go gonna go skewed with with a concept like this, but. I don't know. Do you think that eventually we're headed towards this way? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, obvious, definitely. Uh, obviously, the the Padres are, are free think, free thinkers. They brought in Dave Cameron, someone who's going to be thinking outside the box. AJ Preller is someone who thinks outside the box. Andy Green is someone who thinks outside the box. Um, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to adopt this this year, but it, there's going to be a team that's eventually going to experiment with this, and it'll be interesting to see how it how it, how it works because in. in I see the concept and I see how it could be beneficial. And, you know, certain teams stack their lineups against certain pitchers. So if you have a right-handed pitcher starting the first time around and then you bring in a left-hander, then you you totally screwed up their whole lineup. So there's so many different benefits to this and, and that makes it intriguing. But we'll have to see. I think in the future someone is going to try this and um, we'll just have to wait and see if, if the Padres are there, going to be the team that's uh, going to be the cutting-edge uh, bullpenning type team, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a strategy that we see common in the next, like, 15, 20, 30 years. Yeah, sure. de- this is definitely cutting edge and something that, that that's going to be the future. I mean, when you think about it, aces are few and far between. They're, they're just not very many ace-type pitchers that can go out there seven-plus innings every single time. It's just They're just few and far between. Uh, speaking of which, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, or the, I'm sorry, the Rays now, sorry, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, wow. are in full, full, I know I went old school there. Uh, they're going full on uh, teardown. Uh, Chris Archer is probably the last remaining piece of value for that team as far as veteran type players. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about Chris Archer. Some of them have come the San Diego Padre way. Uh, I'm a little scared because I do not want to see this team give up too much talent. But I can definitely understand the worth of a pitcher like Chris Archer, although his numbers are a little scary. So let's talk about Archer. What, what, analytically, what do you think? What do you see from him? Uh, potential in the next? Uh, what does he sign? I think he signed for four or five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to rant a little bit because I think um, what I'm seeing from Padre fans is kind of weird to me. That I don't know. It seems like almost that people don't think Chris Archer's that good, which to me is kind of weird because he's really good. And I mean, beyond yeah, that, I mean, he's contract, an ace. He's a I mean, he signed for the next two years with two player option or two team options. So he signed yes. for four years for 30 million. I mean, you can't get a better bargain than that. I mean, no. And he's been worth, he was, I'm going to go to war. Cause I know that bothers people. So he was worth a uh, three war in 2014, five war in 15, three war in 16 and four and a half last year. And this is all pitching nice. in the AL East. So if yes, you throw this guy exactly. in the NL, I think he's arguably I think he's even better than these numbers show because when you're pitching in the uh when you're pitching the AL East, that is that is a band box if there ever there was one. So Yes. Um definitely. Yeah, he goes I he just gets so overlooked. I mean they're like, Oh, he has a four ERA, but it's like from where he's pitching Again, you're I pitching mean, against the Yankees and the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, it's really hard to not have that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's rough, so I I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves. So when I hear fans like, "Oh, he's not worth it," I mean, I think he's worth it. I mean, I wouldn't give yeah. up like Tatis or Gore for him, but I mean, if you can get him okay, for so, a bargain, I don't know if yeah, that's going to happen. I, but yeah, well, let, let's you know, I put his contract is equal to what uh, what Christian Yelich had available from the Marlins. 
Uh, it's going to take that type of return. And the Brewers gave up Lewis Brinson, uh, a top, isn't he a top 10 prospect? Or he's a top 20 prospect, obviously. Uh, Are are you going to want to give up a Gore or Tatis for Chris Archer? I think that that's totally off the table right there for the Padres. But are you going to want to give up a Luis Arias, uh, a Cal Quantrill, an Adrian Morahone, Michelle Baez? Are you going to want to move those type of players? And it might require two of them to get Archer for for the value that he is at this point. So it's it's a scary concept because the Padres have a lot of young players and a lot of young pitchers in particular, and, and you don't want to be you don't want to deal the one that's going to be the ace, you know. And at this point, I don't even think the Padres know which out of these four or five, six, seven young pitchers is going to be the real deal because obviously all of them aren't going to be. Someone's going to have to fizzle out. Someone's going to fizzle out. That's just the law of averages. So. It's a scary concept for this team to deal prospects at this point because, again, I, I point to the chicken little Padres. The sky is falling. Uh, automatically, Padre fans think we're going to just deal the two Hall of Famers right now for Chris Archer. So I, I'm hesitant. Is AJ ready to change gears? And hearing the way he's talked to a couple of media people this this season and, and this in particular the last couple of weeks – I think he is itching to change gears a little bit. I don't know if he's willing to completely downshift and go for it and, and, and go after Chris Archer, but I think that this team is on the verge of potentially adding some players here or there in the next, well, obviously in the next year to, to really start to try to compete. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think that'd be, to me, I think getting Archer would be a good move, but I, I don't know what the cost would have to be. Yeah, it's um, all on the costs. But I also think we're reading too far into this because I don't, I don't. Yeah, this report seems kind of like BS to me. I mean, I think just about every team is checking in on Chris Archer pretty much constantly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't really see it too much as oh, they're they're really uh, they're really making moves on a, a big move. It's like no, they're just kind of checking their bases. I mean, it was the same thing with Kristen Yelich. I mean, when that kind of player is available or could be available. You do your damn business and you check. You know what I mean? You don't just like, oh, whatever. So I'm thinking about every team is checking in on Archer. So I wouldn't read too far into it. Um, on the other side of the coin, I mean, can we not have these like stupid trade proposals constantly? Like every time a player's available, it's like, oh, let's trade a Hunter Renfro and some prospects for uh, yeah. Archer. It's like, why the hell would the Rays want Hunter Renfro? No, oh, ju- you just w- just wait, Patrick. Just wait till July, and the Padres are, the- are hovering around 500, and Bryce Harper and and Manny Machado are being put up to on the market because they're about to expire. <laughs> you you ain't I, seen nothing yet. I don't understand, man. It's like, why would a team give up like one of the most valuable players in all of baseball for Hunter Renfro and some yeah. prospects? I mean, I don't no, know what prospects yeah. we're specifically talking about because people always just say prospects. But I mean, unless you're giving you know, up Tatis and Gore and Hunter Renfro, sure, ex- I guess exactly. they'll take that deal, but. Yeah, I mean, it, Renfro would be a piece of the puzzle to get Archer. He wouldn't be the, a huge piece. He would be, let's put in percentage, he'd be 33% of what the the the, the, the Rays would, would require for someone like I mean, this is an ace who signed at an unbelievable, inexpensive price. I mean, this is value right here. They are going to get top dollar for him, and someone is going to pay it too because pitching is at a premium, and he's an undervalued pitcher who could potentially be a monster out there and and, uh, you know we'll we'll just we'll have to wait and see i think we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves like we said uh but it's exciting this is the hosmer uh effect it's putting this padre team into relevancy it's the fact that we can even talk about dealing for for players like this and, and potentially bringing in players like this it's it's exciting and and uh 
once again, it's a good time to be a Padre fan. Do you want to play a fun game? What's up? What do you uh, got? Do you know what team uh, Chris Archer was drafted by? Ooh. Well, I guess obviously it wasn't the Rays. No, it was uh, not. I, he was traded? I will say that two teams actually had Chris Archer before the Rays. So two teams wow. are, are really kicking themselves in the ass. <laughs> Let me think about this. Uh, the Brewers? No, no, that's... It was he, he was drafted out of high school, right? Uh, he was drafted yeah, by he the was. Indians? Yeah, he Indians? was drafted by the Indians. Indians. And he was traded to another team before the Rays. Do you know what that team was? Uh, the Chicago Cubs for Mike Mark DeRosa. I cheated yeah, and then he was traded reference. to the Rays with a bunch of guys for Matt Garza. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's that literally the worst right. trade ever. The Cubs traded yeah. Chris Archer for Matt frickin' Garza. God, yeah. and he said the Potters had it bad. Yeah, see, you for, know, he was, every, he was like, traded at 18 and, and, and 20 years old. That's that's what's scary about trading uh, uh, Adrian Morahone or someone like that because you don't know what uh, – Yeah, he was – no, he was – sorry, he was drafted. He was traded at traded 20. Traded at 20, and then he was traded at 20 – I think 22, 23. But you know, hadn't hadn't had any uh, major league experience at that point too. So it's scary to trade away young pitching because you don't know what they're well, capable yeah, so for, of becoming. For every uh, Rizzo, we traded away. I mean, the Cubs made another error there, so I think it evens out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. man, people can't really be too butthurt about Rizzo because I mean, we freaking traded James Shields for Tatis. I mean, even if Tatis like. There you go. Isn't like a superstar. Way to be positive. Like, I mean, come on. That that's like the trade of the century. Even if Tatis yeah. is just like a, an average player, I mean, that's let's a call Casey right now to make us feel better. I love talking to every time I talk to Casey. I'm like, <laughs> hey, thanks for Tatis. He's like, I hate you because their farm system is like so stacked. And if they still had it Tatis, is. man, oh, oh my god. god, yeah. If they had They'd Tatis, have, like, Tatis and Moncada and all those pitchers. Oh, and now Jimenez. Oh god. <laughs> sorry, Casey. Uh, I hope you listen to this. Yeah. I don't know why you would listen sorry, to this. Sorry, Casey. Yeah. Even You'll have to send it fan, to for those who don't know, I don't know why he would listen to a Padre podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, folks. Well, the volcano of hot talent lava is uh, is overflowing. I guess what uh, is overflowing. Well, it's it's trickling in. Uh, we're waiting for the huge eruption to take place in the next couple of uh, seasons, but it is definitely Pod, is, uh, uh, is, it is definitely is, coming. We might need an explicit rating for this. I think Padres Jagoff is going to like this podcast. <laughs> That just took a turn. Um, yeah, nice. so we are the uh, we are the fifth. I think we're the fifth podcast. Yeah, I think we're the fifth. We're like the last one to do an emergency Hosmer podcast. So, as is you can it, yeah, see, is this it even was technically it, an emergency. It wasn't quite an emergency for uh, for yeah. James and I. That was what yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, I was tempted yes. to text you, and I was like, "I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed." Yeah, you told me you were. You're like, "No, I'm not." I'm I had to bed. work I'm at seven a.m. I'm like, "I'm good." <laughs> so then I worked all day Sunday, and I was like, "I still don't care enough to pot." Like, I, I it was cool, but I was like. Am I really going to add anything to the conversation that everyone else isn't already saying? Probably not. Yeah, ex- and I think we've exactly. talked enough about Hosmer, and we've given. I think everyone's given us a hard time because we didn't want him. So I'm like, do we really need to pl- have a place in this whole conversation? But yeah. here we are. So there you go. For everyone that asked, here's our uh, here's our Hosmer podcast. Yeah, here's the Hosmer emergency podcast. Two days, three days later. Three days later. Enjoy. Really, exactly yeah, three enjoy. days later. It took us seventy-two hours from the signing to decide to do this. So yeah, exactly. Here we exactly. are. All right, Patrick, take us out of here because I think we are good to go. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back later on this week with the guests. Uh, we have a couple of guys lined up. 
Uh, stay tuned and look for that. Apologize for the 10-day break that we had there. Uh, we will try to get podcasts out at a more uh, consistent basis. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, it's it's because we're the we're the fifth best Padre podcast. I think that's that's safe to say. Um, fifth? I thought we were tenth or something. I, oh no, there's we were, like forty of them now. No, I think we were. I think we were like there was four, and then there was fifty feet of crap, and then there was us. So, yeah. Nice. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. We are uh, hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um. We anywhere you find anywhere you find your podcast, you can find us. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic. Um. I don't. There's there's like a million different podcast apps. So whatever you feel the need to use, you can find us there. Oh, uh, Google Play as well. I think we're there as well. Um, yeah, so you can find us all those places. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, at EBT Podcast is our podcast. You can find us on there. Uh, James is at EBT underscore news, at EBT underscore J Clark, and then like 700 other accounts. Because... Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I got something to say about that because oh, okay, okay. I heard the 5.5 guy saying that they want to get a pod, uh Twitter account for their own uh, show now, so I, I'm gonna be giving them a hard time because they'll have three or four or five different podcasts uh, or different Twitter handles as well. So I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there because they like to give me a hard time for my yeah. two different accounts for our website. Yeah, count think... people. There's two, one, yeah. two for the website. It's not very two? hard. Wait, two, one, and two. There's not three. There's two. It goes one and then two, like the batting order. Like one, okay. two, three okay. strikes are out. Yeah. We're at two I strikes. Actually, There's two of them. I'm actually the secret culprit, guys. I have, you keep reinforcing I have, this. You keep reinforcing this. <laughs> sorry, folks. We're going off in a little I have tangent. 40, here, but... I have 47 accounts. It's it's my fault, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I know, I I know say, that you have another Twitter account out there somewhere because I, I used to have it somewhere. I do, yeah. When James first talked to me, it was a different account, and it's still there. You guys have to try to find it. That's your goal. Anyway, um, <laughs> I will say that – Kevin Charity did a poll on Twitter, and we won. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I feel great. Okay, I'm on the top yeah. of the world right now. Screw and I was Hosmer. on, I was online all night. Screw Hosmer. I was, yeah, Screw. I was voting all night on all of my. Accounts. Yeah, I was creating Twitter accounts all night so that we could win that account. I was Jeez, pounding, man, that's pounding sleepless night. I actually didn't even vote for us in that poll. I just voted for someone else because I thought it'd be funny. Anyway, um, I don't remember who. I think I voted for. Um, I think I wrote for 5.5 guys. I mean, you guys, you guys are doing a great job. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to you too. Um, anyway, I don't know what I was saying. Okay. Yeah. We're a podcast. You <laughs> Just take us, us out. Places. We're on Twitter. Also places. I am Patrick Brew 93. If you want to follow me for, for my, my general, uh, tomfoolery. Um, I'm sorry if I'm not always nice. I'm trying to be nicer. Okay. That's my new year's resolution. Um, it's nice. February 20th and I'm not doing very well. So come on, follow me on Twitter. Root me on. Um, we will we'll be, we'll be, I can't talk because it's late and I've been, yeah. Anyway, we will be back. You're soon almost there. With, the finish with, line. We will, we will be back soon with guests of of baseball knowledge and um, stay tuned for that. And I'll let James take us out this time because I know he, he gets sad when I when I do it for him. Uh, East Village Times podcast is signing out. Uh, volcano of hot talent lava people. It's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a volcano of hot talent lava. Turn that, turn that, turn that lava, hot talent lava. Uh, that's a, that's, that's a hard thing to do. Hot talent lava. What Eric Hosmer brings is he's went through all that hot talent lava. He, along with many people, were all prospects. They were to that major league, made major league lava, hot talent lava, and they turned into championship rocks. Hot talent lava. I think your chances of guiding lava into rocks are pretty good. Oh gosh.